I'm your host, Jim, and with me as always is... How are you, Mark? Just acting wonderful. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet you are. And how are you, Jim? Oh, fucking fantastic. Thank you for asking. I, I try not to curse on this podcast. Oh, yeah, me either. I, don't, I, I can't stand the fucking language. I'm praying for you. Please do. I could probably use it. Dear Lord, who art in heaven, please help him. <laughs> Amen. So, Mark, so, what, are we get, what are we here to talk about today, sir? So, we are not here to talk about what we scheduled to talk about. So, this is a bit of a last-minute um, scramble. Right. Um, and however, uh, Sorry, I mean, I spent a lot of time researching... <laughs> The uh, the stupid topic we have today. Well, longer than twelve minutes? I, I I believe it was twelve and a half minutes. So. Oh wow, this is a fancy, well uh, researched it's, episode. It's, then this of horror. Yeah. <laughs> so we are going to talk about what? Well, uh, we were going. To... Go ahead. Okay, enough of that. So we were going to talk about. Uh, like fe- strong female characters or female representation in horror. Correct. Um, um, Lucy was going to come on, but unfortunately, she's not feeling very well. And I feel it's important that we have, you know, like a woman on here to talk about it. <laughs> to talk about, you want a woman on here to talk about women? Yeah, so we can tell, so we can mansplain to her. Oh, well, we- <laughs> right. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, although I will tell you, I would not mansplain to her in person because I'm chicken shit, but I'll do it over the podcast. No problem. Oh yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're <laughs> That's right. I'm a big man now. Okay. So I'm uh, just trying to think of something kind of off the top of my head. I figured, why don't we do something a little bit uh, random and fun? Uh, okay, please. Cause you know, so- this alcohol hasn't gotten me in a good mood yet. <laughs> so this is not a versus um, as far as which movie you prefer, right? okay, I want to make that very clear. This is science, Jim. Science, science, science fact. I I pulled a random bunch of horror characters and one non-horror character. Okay, um, and we're going to debate. Jim. Debate. Ooh, I love to debate. If if they were to meet in quote unquote real life. And fought. Who oh, you said, wait, 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 you said fought, right? Not yeah. the other F word. Okay, good. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that could be a separate episode. <laughs> yeah, that could. So, um, do you have any questions before we jump into this? Do you have any it, parameters or anything? I, I am taking off the glove, sir, so I am ready to oh, discuss. Okay, so the first one we have is Brundlefly. Brendelfly, okay. Versus Chucky. Hmm. Hmm. Let's see. Well, if I remember correctly, Brendelfly had acidic saliva, correct? Correct. Yeah, then Brendelfly wins, hands down. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time that Chucky's been melted and has bounced back down. That is true. But he bounced back into another doll. I don't know that he'd have that opportunity here. 
so there's no parameters on here. There, there could be another doll to jump into or another thing to jump into. I'm, I'm going with the fact that Brundlefly tended to clean up his mess and eat the remains. So, no, I don't believe he would survive. So here's the curveball here. Okay. Uh, Brundlefly wanted to die. It did. You're right. So maybe you would just let Tucky kill him. Maybe he would, but we're not talking about that, are we? We're talking yeah. about whether in a physical altercation, right, one would live just, and one would die. But he might just give up. Well, he might, but then ah. again, so might Chucky. How do you not? How do you know he won't? Well, that's not in his character. How do you know? It's never been shown in any of the movies. We, we, in, other, we, in other words, we, we're talking about real life, but you're going based off the script. Gotcha. Right, we, well, okay. hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We can't just suddenly make up things that the character has never done, right? Like but, motivations or anything else like that. But I'm this, being, uh, I'm bringing we, this into real we, life. Who the fuck wants to be stuck in a doll with no dick? Uh, I'd want to die. That, that, you know, maybe some people, Jim. <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's, you know, people castrate themselves. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. uh, they do. Castrati, for example. Oh, oh. Yeah, so, no. you're going for a Brundlefly victory. I'm going for a Brundlefly victory, yes. I... I'm just going to disagree with you on everything. No, I'm only kidding. You, you generally do, so it's no, no shock to me. It's almost like a debate class. Whatever you pick, I should just pick the other one. Yes, you play, the, right, you play the devil's advocate. Let me be right. So, like I said, I, I think there is a couple of, uh, you know, it's not as cut and dry. Right. Agreed. Uh, as you may, one may think. However, that is correct. I, I think Brundlefly just has the mass and uh, the, the, the acid vomit. Yep. To completely wipe out Chucky. And I don't think he would have a chance to do his little chant and do some okay. other body. I do agree. Unless on the fly, this one's the himself. Which we know he did. So it's a draw. It's a draw. <laughs> okay, uh, the next one, um, I actually thought, okay, the, well, these two characters uh, are, are kind of the same in a certain mystical, mythical, fantasy-related um, oh. area. Okay. So we have your favorite. Okay. Freddy Krueger, uh, yeah, versus uh, Wishmaster. Well, they're both immortal, so I don't think that it's a fair fight. Are they immortal? They are. I'm pretty sure um, <laughs> the the Freddy remake killed off Freddy. The Freddy remake was hot garbage. <laughs> and the Wishmaster Four killed off Wishmaster. Jin so Jin cannot be killed; they can only be captured. So so. Let's not just say it's about killing, but about beating. About beating? I think that the djinn has more at his disposal as far as being able to capture or imprison or subdue. So I would go with the djinn. So, I mean, I, I think the question that needs to be asked, does the djinn sleep and dream? I would imagine so. I don't think he just stays awake inside his bottle or, or gem or whatever. So then Freddy can attack him that way, and that's Freddy's world. He he did, but the real question is, what is Freddy going to wish for? 
Because the djinn actually needs a wish to be made to activate their powers. So we all know Freddy has a big mouth. Right. But I don't know that he would be stupid enough to wish for anything. So the djinn may never get the chance to activate his powers. Well, he, he might wish for more bitches. He might. You're right. He might wish for more bitches or more little meatballs like Rick. Um, yeah, so this one is kind of an ethereal question, right? It is. It is. Um, I, I think because so, I, so I, here, yeah, I'm so, going to I'm, I'm amend what I said. Mm-hmm. I, th- I have to go with Freddy only because he can be reborn in a dream. So he doesn't need the djinn to come back. The djinn does, however, need the person it's attacking to wish for something. Right. So that 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 is the djinn's weak spot. Right. Is the djinn smarter than Freddy? To coax him into saying, oh, I wish you were dead, bitch. Right. Something, and then he's like, oh, you wish this, and then he'll shoot himself and then actually come back and right. kill or something. This one... God, why did I write this one? <laughs> this one, this one's a little deeper than you thought, huh? Um, I am going to go with the Jin just because I think he straddles both worlds better than Freddy. That's not untrue. So Freddy has his dreamy. We'll just call them like other non-reality-based area. Right. Right. And then, obviously, Freddy can be in the real world the same he, as the djinn. He could. Uh, but would the djinn be able to make him wish for something? That I don't know. I don't think so, because Freddy's a pretty smart character. But he can be coaxed into certain situations. Of course he can. Everybody can be. I can't. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> Um, I okay. So, should we make a rule that we have to pick one? Of course, we we there is no draw. There has to be a victor. I I am going to switch back, and I'm going to say Freddy too. Okay, not Freddy too, as Freddy also, but Freddy Freddy also, because I don't think he would fall for um the gym. Agreed. Are you beeping over there? I, I, I am. I'm starting my oven. Oh, because my dog's looking around like, what's going on? <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to have to cut that because I am starting an oven. I'm, I'm doing one of my cups. I'm multitasking because I didn't have to do any research for this episode. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Up next. Your favorite. Xenomorph. Of course, okay. Versus... Don't you say it. Don't you say it. I'm not saying it. Go ahead. Not the Predator. Mm. (laughs) Thank God. Alien versus... I'll be specific about this. The remake version of The Blob. Hmm. Hmm. Ooh. Hmm. That's tough. I don't remember the Blob's weakness in the remake. The Blob's weakness in the remake was cold. 
And the, the Xenomorph doesn't like the cold either. So no, no, the Xenomorph is fine in the cold. I, I mean, it's okay, but you, every time you see it pro, um, you know, when at, at the beginning of every movie, it's like the tropics, right? It's always, it's always no. hot. No, 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 no. You're thinking about the Predator. No, 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 I'm not, because... No, when, the Predator very no, much... Think, think about the very first, the very first time that, um, oh my God, what's his name? The guy from the first movie goes down into where all the eggs are. He's like, it's the goddamn tropics down here. Right, right. But that's not the alien. That's just the eggs. Well, where do you think they come from? Aliens, they're all running around outside the compound when Mm -hmm. it's very windy and cold-looking. I'm not saying that that they can't survive. There's been nothing... So I'll put it like this. There's been nothing in the alien movies. Right. Because Alien versus... I I I take that back. In Alien Resurrection, doesn't Brad Dourif use like a cold spray on them, like nitrogen, nitrous ox? Yeah, like ni- liquid nit, or like an aerosol nitrogen or something. Right. So they, they, but it doesn't kill them. It just they. they it just hurts. They just they don't right. Yeah. Cold. Whereas, well, where, sorry. Whereas, the blob can get frozen by like an ice machine. So it could, but it would it be? My question would become: Is it impervious? Or is it able to recover from the acid attacks? Wow, from Because if it were to devour a xenomorph, mm-hmm. it would essentially liquefy everything in, in a sense, turning everything to acid. So would it be able to recover from that acid? That, that is the question you have to ponder. I know. And that's, that's exactly where I'm stuck at the moment. Hmm. What would happen? I am going to go with... The xenomorph, because I think even if the blob were to fully um, was to actually kill one, it would be affected by the acid. I would have to believe that it would. It, you know, whether it completely destroys it or at least makes it so that it can be subdued, I don't know. But I have to believe that it would be affected enough for it to be disabled if it did, in fact, kill a xenomorph. So I would disagree with you. Okay. Um, I think the acid may or may not, because the blob kind of liquefies people, which presumably is using some sort of acid, right? Right. Um, digestive acid. Um, now, the, the xenomorph's uh, acid is probably way more potent. However, right. um, as we've seen in the remake, even if a little part of the blob survives, it survives. That's true. That's, that's so I think even if the alien melted half of it, the other half would be fine. Right. I am and going with the blob. And just as a general kind of thought, I think the blob would win in most fights against. That's most probably fights. not untrue. Um, and I have to say, a lot of my my decision is probably based on my love for the movie. So exactly, and I told you it's not about the movies. You're right, you're right, you're absolutely right, but I just can't get it out of my heart that that is one of my favorite um, horror creatures. And that and that fucking bear from The Prophecy. <laughs> what about it? I don't know, those are like two of my favorite creatures. Did you ever watch Annihilation? I did. What did you think about the bear in that one? I thought that was a pretty wicked bear, because I read. I actually read the book first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew what I knew to expect it, but I thought they did a really good job with it. Agreed. 
Okay, uh, moving on to the. <laughs> now, this is this is going to be a random one. Oh, fantastic! So, in the show, I was like, "Oh, the thing versus the blob, the blah blob thing." But nah, that's boring. Now we are going to have the thing versus okay. the Cenobites. Oh well, that's easy. That's going to be the the thing all the way because Why? it can intim- it can it can intimate or um... imitate. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, anything. So the minute it touches a Cenobite, it now they, they wouldn't know the difference. But uh, I mean, it's not like they get close really to a lot of things, right? Usually, it's from afar with hooks and chains. I mean, it depends because if you look at the Cenobites in the second in Hellraiser two, mm-hmm. the Doctor does get very close. But so I guess you, it depends on which version of the Cenobites you get. Now, they do touch people. So right. um, in the first one, at the very start, obviously, the, you know, they're re- rearranging um, Frank's uh, face. Right. They're touching that part of it. Right. However, we, it seems like the Cenobites have some otherworldly, more knowledgeable uh, insight than a normal person. Well, that's probably true because they have all of the knowledge that's ever come before and after us because they're timeless. Uh, would Leviathan know that the alien, or sorry, the thing, um, is there shape-shifting? I, you know, I think it would only because it would know that it's foreign. Because right. so, if this thing had never been there before, it would know that. It would sense that. So, that's- so... So Leviathan could communicate with the Cenobites. Right. However, one thing we haven't, I don't think, I'm trying to think, have the Cenobites ever used fire? Not to my knowledge. Not, not uh, that I can recall. Well, no, they I had, mean, they, in part three. Um, well, didn't the they in Inferno three. also? Huh? Well, I'm, try, I'm trying to remember Inferno because it was such a bastard of a movie. Oh, it's a great movie. Um, it's I really garbage. No, you're wrong. It's garbage. It, it's not a great Hellraiser movie, but it's a really great movie just by itself. It's garbage. Um, so uh, Peter Atkins, who yep. plays Barbie in right. part three, you know, throws the Molotov cocktails. Yep. So it kind of used fire. Kind of. We assume because the, the hooks and chains would do nothing. Right. Exactly. So who wins? I, I gotta go with the thing because I still think that its powers of camouflage would be the Cenobites undoing. I um I think I'm going to go with the Cenobites just because I think Leviathan and again, you could talk about where is the battle being held. Right. Because if it's uh, on Earth, Leviathan probably doesn't have that insight. True. But if it's in Hell... It would know that there's a... F- yeah. And it could give better instructions on how to destroy it. Could so it? Because be you, so are you, are you thinking that because Leviathan would know that it's a foreign body, you think that it would be able to ascertain how it can be destroyed? 
given that it knows nothing about this foreign entity? I, I kind of feel like it would just use various methods until it found the one that worked. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess that's a valid point, but I disagree. And, and, you know, and it's all subjective apart from that I'm it, right. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it's not, it is kind of subjective because obviously these are all made up characters, but I still think that you're wrong. Uh, yeah, th this is another one which I'm 50-50 on, but I yeah. will play Leviathan's Advocate. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> and choose the Cenobites. Okay. okay. So so we're going back to the mortal realm here. This is, very, this is a very simple one for you, Jim. Okay. Simple. I like simple. Let me make so, another drink. We have Hannibal Lecter. Okay. Versus Ash Williams. Hannibal Lecter because he's more cunning than Ash Williams. Yeah, but Ash is like the stupid lucky one. He is stupid lucky. However, Hannibal Lecter is too well prepared for every situation he goes into. So, so, so give me a scenario of Hannibal beating Ash. Oh, well, that's fine. He would, he would probably, because what are Ash's two main weapons? Uh, his idiocy and his luck. Weapons, sir. Weapons, not attributes. Weapons. His weapons are his chainsaw and his boomstick. Yeah. Right. So what, what I believe Hannibal Lecter would do is lure him into an area where he has already set up a target for him to waste his ammunition when he uh, is hunting down Hannibal Lecter. And then he would also form some sort of trap to, um, to ensnare his chainsaw, perhaps a very wait, thick wait, wait. piece. When, when does Hannibal set traps? Hannibal prepares. He doesn't just go off the cuff. Right, but he's not setting a trap like the trap. Why not? Well, so if you're if you're a hyper if you are a hyper intelligent psych, listen to me. No, 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 no. I'm just going by the characters that are in the movies. Right. So the character in the movie is a hyper intelligent psychopath. Have you ever seen him set a trap? Well, it depends. If we're talking about the series, yes. No, the movies. He actually, why, 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 he, are, why are we excluding the series? Oh, okay. Well, that's fair, I guess. <laughs> actually, he did set a trap. See, I was testing you, Jim, and you failed. He set a trap whenever he got released, or whenever he got the uh, cops. Well, that that the, was... I mean, you're right. You're right. He did. He planned his escape. Right. So, but that's my... That's, that even furthers my point. That he would plan for every eventuality, and Ash Williams' luck is going to run out. I'm going to give you a separate um, explanation. Okay. Why Ash would win. So Hannibal will be in there, and he'd be doing his mind games and talking. Mm -hmm. And Ash would just be like, that's not pillow talk, and just get his boomstick out and blow his head off. Boom! Well, that's a, that's expecting that Hannibal Lecter is standing in front of him, or behind him, or behind him. Well, yeah. What or makes you think? Him? What makes you think that Hannibal Lecter would not go the jigsaw route? Because he's not jigsaw. But he's close in intellect. No, 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 no. 
Yes, 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 yes. To- to- totally different um, characters. He does not set those sort of traps. No, I'm not saying. He I'm not saying. I'm not saying on a consistent basis. I'm saying when he's facing down one foe. Let's put it like this: uh, Hannibal Lecter was caught. Correct. But was he caught because they actually caught him, or because he wanted to be caught? No, he didn't want to be caught. What you, I disagree. What? I disagree. Okay, give me the evidence for that. Um, based on almost every serial killer I've ever studied. No, I'm talking about the character. I I, I fully believe that the only reason... He did not want to be caught. He I disagree. Based on, the, based on the amount of ease with which he escaped from the first movie, there's no way he, did, he stayed there unwillingly. From the first movie, like Manhunter or Red Dragon? No, is that no I'm, ta- I'm talking about from Silence of the Lambs, when he escaped at the end of the movie. Right, but, but he was caught, and that's why he's in the jail in Silence of the Lambs, correct? There, but what I'm saying, though, is with the ease with which he concocted his plan to escape, there is zero doubt in my mind that he was not staying there willingly. It, no, totally. Yes, he, he, I disagree. He, You're wrong. And he, he should have been killed in Hannibal. Um, by the butler guy, but um, just because uh, what's his face, his character was so nasty to the the butler, he let him go. I so, disagree, and you're wrong. Yeah, you can disagree that you're wrong. I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, you'll go for Hannibal. I'll go for Ash just for the fun of it. Okay, that's because just because I, I just think Ash is just dumb luck fun. Well, I don't disagree. I do love that character, but so so here's one that's more again. It's kind of like even ish billing, okay. Um, but a little bigger, okay. So we have uh, Godzilla, Godzilla, Gojira versus Clover from Cloverfield. I have to believe that the atomic energy Godzilla spits would uh, destroy those monsters. What? What? The huge clover yep. monster? Yep. And, and all of the little clover monsters? I don't. I honestly. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, well, I don't think he needs the atomic mo- atomic energy to kill the little monsters, but I think that it would destroy the larger monster, and then he could hunt down the little ones. Well, well, if they all attacked at once. No, I'm no. Just, so I, we don't we don't get to come up with the plans for these characters. No, I'm just saying it's still it's still within the realms of the movie. I disagree. No, nah, I think Godzilla wins that one. I, I just want to get Godzilla in there. <laughs> I was going to say you just you just wanted to get an argument going. What what is the? I don't get it. What's the point? Yes, uh, everybody loves drama. Okay, here's an <laughs> interesting one. Here's an interesting one. Jason Voorhees Fuck me. versus uh-huh. Pennywise. Well, oh, I have to go. I'd have to go with. I'd have to go with. Uh, you don't Jason. sound sure of yourself. No, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think because I'm trying to make sure that I cover all my bases, right? So. Mm-hmm. Pennywise, even after his heart is ripped out, comes back after 30 years, right? Or 32 years or whatever the book says. Even after they ripped his heart out in the, in the beginning as children. 
he still comes back and they have to fight him again. Mm -hmm. So that, that almost puts him on the level with Jason Voorhees where he continues to come back, right? Well, well, Pennywise has been going around for centuries, if not millennia. Right. So, um, and remember, you know, he's taken many, many forms. Pennywise is just one. But what what I have trouble with is the fact that Pennywise feeds off of fear. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's enough of a brain in Jason's head to feel that fear. Which is uh, why Freddy versus Jason was such an, an abomination of a movie. So, so I... Well, no, not true, because uh, as we witness in the documentary, um, Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> Jason can be terrified of uh, some water. And bullshit. Some... Did you not see that documentary, Jim? I call bullshit on that documentary. <laughs> so this, Sorry, this, sir. This, I have this to call you on that bullshit. This is kind of pitting to... Kind of unkillable. Um, I mean, the way that they kill Pennywise um, in the movie slash right. book takes kind of coordination and knowing how to do this, like you know the the thing of Chud and da 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 da, and, and doing special things, right. which Jason would never do. Jason would just try and cut its head off, right? Right. However, that that wouldn't worry Pennywise at all. No worries. Right. I'll just, I mean, I'll just throw another one. Right. You're you're not wrong. I just here's here's a twist. Here's a twist, okay. Jim. Okay, give me a twist. Similar to the start of Freddy versus Jason, Pennywise could turn into Jason's mom. Mm-hmm. He could. Then... <laughs> he could maybe get fear out of him by. Portraying his mom in in terror or something. I I, I just don't I this don't see it. As Freddy manipulated him, but Pennywise I think is a stronger being than Freddy. Right. Um. So yeah. I don't know. I just I I don't I don't know that I agree. I I really don't because I don't think there's enough of a brain left in Jason's head for him to get afraid. I don't. I so I have to go with Jason. But again, we're going with the movies, and if you just take the movies, there are parts where Jason is, in fact, afraid, or he is... Right, and there are also parts where Pennywise is a victim of physical violence, which nobody deals out better than Jason Voorhees. Right, but it doesn't really affect him. It does, because he has to slumber until he recovers. But it's only through the power of uh, a team... It's not one person, right? That's the whole point of, like, the loser club. They have to be together. Do they have to be? Yes, that's the whole point. That's why he killed What's-His-Face um, in part two at the start. Richie? Right? He's trying to break up, you know, their bond. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't agree. I, I don't, but that's why we're here, right? Right. We're, we're here to correct you. So Pennywise... <laughs> Okay, so, so move, moving swiftly on. <laughs> Here's another oddball one. Okay. <laughs> ready, ready for As this? As if the rest haven't been. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I was just like thinking. I wasn't even trying to think of weird ones. They just popped into my head. Um, Gremlins. Okay. Versus Leatherface. Are we in Texas? 
Uh, sure. Then I'd, I'd go with Leatherface because they'd but, be really hard. They'd be but, really hard pressed to find water. But we're inside. What do you mean? There's water inside a house. <laughs> hmm. See, I, I would have thought you you would have gone more even keel and go gremlin versus critter gremlins versus well, critters. Yeah, but I'm trying not to do like the obvious ones. I know. Damn it. And whenever I say gremlins, I mean plural. Gremlins. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the key here, right? Because they would just over overrun him by sheer force of number. Who, who is smarter? Do you think the, the gremlins? gremlins? Yeah, right. mm-hmm. yeah. I think the gremlins would win this one. I agree. Because Leatherface, he's not too smart. Mm-mm. Um, I think they were not smart. Right. Gremlins win? Yep, I agree. Okay, we just need Joe Dante to make that movie now. <laughs> if you're listening, Joe. <laughs> Here, okay, next one up. <laughs> Candyman versus 13 Ghosts. Well, I mean, technically, Candyman is a ghost, so he could be imprisoned. Like the 13 ghosts were imprisoned? Yeah, 100%. But could the 13 ghosts imprison Candyman? No, they can't. They don't have that power. It was a trap built for them, not by them. They could, however, if he was to enter their house, they could attack him at will if he's to be locked in. Okay. So you're going for the 13 ghosts? I am. Just based on numbers, yes. I guess... (laughs) you. So... We're assuming that a person has already called Candyman. Well, I mean, so yes, they would have... Obviously, with with this mashup, you are assuming that Candyman has been called, and he is in the location where the 13 ghosts are trapped. Right. So yes, th- those those facts have to be met before this matchup can happen. So I think I think we should make a movie about ghosts fighting each other, and they're just <laughs> like punching each other's face, but it just goes through. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, we, didn't we already see that with the uh, the ring versus the grudge? No, no, they were actually, <laughs> <laughs> and and I have a surprise for you coming up. That that was so <laughs> that was done so well. I gotta say. Anyway, so this this one is a bit of a non-entity for me. I. Whatever. Uh, I, I don't think either would beat either. It's nonsense. <laughs> okay. Well, you do. We know how you love ghosts. So. <laughs> Speaking of nonsense, mm. poltergeist. Yeah. Versus the monsters from the mist. Explain to me what you mean by poltergeist. The movie Poltergeist, the poltergeist and poltergeist. Well, the poltergeist and poltergeist were not one single entity. There were many. Yeah, it was. No, it was not. Yeah, it was. It was Cain and all of his followers. It was Cain. So it, no, was, it was not just Cain. Well, let, let's let's just go back to the first poltergeist. <laughs> when you didn't know anything. This <laughs> singular entity doing it. So then, why wouldn't we do the entity versus rather than poltergeist? Because that was a single entity. No. No. Why? Because I made this list, Jim. If you want <laughs> okay. to well, make your own list. I'm sorry, repeat my choices now. The Poltergeist from Poltergeist uh-huh. 
versus the creatures from the mist. I would have to say the creatures from the mist because the poltergeist from poltergeist isn't going to do anything but steal your house. So, and really, what effect is that going to have on those robotic fucking creatures? So to me, the poltergeist can act in the physical world. Correct. I don't think the creatures of the mist could harm the poltergeist. Well, that's true, but did you you never saw them break anything that or attempt to inflict pain on anything that wasn't human? So no, we're talking about a poltergeist, not not human. No, I, I didn't. No, no, but that's not, my point. That's my point. The the poltergeist in poltergeist, right? It never caused any real harm to humans. Well, no, you're not. No, I thought you were a poltergeist fan, Jim. I am. Okay, so do you remember the guy that got the big bite on his on his side? Yeah, but that was a bite. Like he came alive and almost ate Robbie. Right, that was they, a tree. They can do yes, yes, but it was controlling a physical object to do certain things. Correct. I, so I didn't disagree with that. Cause physical harm to physical things, right? So yes. you're telling me it was just really bad at it? No, no, no. Well, it didn't want to kill. <laughs> Is that? Yeah, it was trying to distract and not not consume because. He wanted to get Caroline. I get all that. It it can cause physical harm to physical things, right? But it's uh, you know something which a physical thing cannot necessarily harm it in the, unless going to its realm and throwing a right around it and all this. I, I was going to say it, a spear pass through a fire gate does work. Um, I, I don't think the creatures in the mist could do that. Well, I don't know because if you if you listen to Tangina and Poltergeist three, it's outside in, and you just need the necklace. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't think the creatures in the mist are going to understand you need a necklace to travel to the other realm to defeat the Poltergeist. Okay. I mean that's fair. I. You're, okay, you're right. They they do. There are benefits. That you're you're right. There there are benefits, and I can see your point. And I. Honestly, just don't give a shit about this one. So I'll. I'll... Okay, okay, so you mean you agree with me? Yeah, kind of. Okay, but then it's the passive aggressive. I don't give a shit about this. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, pretty much. How's Ray doing, by the way? He's sleeping. Poor guy. Anyway, uh, next up we have a Stephen King, another two Stephen King movies up against each other. Oh, fuck me. Our characters. <laughs> Are we doing Randall Flagg? We're doing Cujo. Okay. Versus Jack Torrance. Well, that's easy. Jack fights with an axe. That dog doesn't stand a chance. Well, what if he's frozen? <laughs> then it wouldn't matter. But, but would he even know that Kujo's sneaking up on him? Yeah, of course he would. He, he, was, he, he, he was worrying about... Uh, freaking uh, Stanley Kubrick making him do like <laughs> he wouldn't know what's going on. <laughs> yes, he would. Jack, the character of Jack Torrance was hyper vigilant and knew, oh, was always aware of his surroundings. Would the ghost let him know that Cujo's running around um, the hotel? If he posed an imminent threat, yes. <laughs> Mr. Torrance. 
There's a dog. I regret, regret to inform you that there's a very naughty dog mm-hmm. around the hotel. And he must be dealt with severely. You must, you must correct the dog. Mm. But then again, Kudru just needs one bite, right? Because they're, yeah, they are sequestered up there. No mm-hmm. way to get out. Right. So if Kujo does a ninja sneak attack, just a quick bite in the leg, Kujo wins. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree. I think the man with the axe wins every time. Well, he doesn't have the axe all the time. No, but he would for Kujo. Well, whenever he gets knocked out and then gets let out by the ghost, he doesn't have any weapons. That's a long. lot of that's a lot of what ifs, my friend. A lot well, of what ifs. Well, hang on. Whenever he's typing, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Over and over again for like hours and hours. You're telling me Cujo couldn't run in there and just give him a quick little nipple. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Because he's got a screaming wife who's going to let him know that there's a fucking dog on the loose. Daddy, daddy, come yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Her cigarette ash would have fallen if that was the case. Okay, I'll give that one to you. Rather than being passive aggressive, I'll just give it to you, Jim. I'm not, I'm not going to <laughs> it's a good thing I'm drinking. I don't care about that one because I. <laughs> okay. It's okay. a good thing I'm drinking, my friend. <laughs> so next up, we have uh, the Predator, <clears throat> the versus mm-hmm. the Terminator. Oh, the guy with the nuke wins. Well, what do you mean? The Predator has a nuke on his arm. He wins. Well, no, no, no. How is that winning? Because that's a self-destruct. He dies too. Who cares? That's not winning. Sure it is. Have you ever... Do you know what a Peric victory is, Jim? A what? A Peric victory. No. (sighs) Okay. So... Come on. Educate the heathen. Come on. It goes back to Greek history, where Pericles won a battle, but he lost so much that the battle was hollow. He really lost more than he won. Okay. So in this, we are not looking for, hey, I could just blow myself up and you up, and then I win. No. Why not? Why not? Because that's not... Jim, do, do you understand the concept of winning? I do, and if I get the last word, I win. I guess maybe you don't. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, I still, I still think that the the predator wins. Why? No, no, you can't use this nuclear like bomb (laughs) because you know what? I don't know if that would actually kill the Terminator. You would have to. Well, it depends on which Terminator we're talking about. We're talking about he was he was crushed in a compactor in the first movie. Then you had it melted in uh, a molten uh, iron thing. So, which Terminator are we talking about? A- any of them. The only one that might survive is the liquid Terminator. And that's a maybe. If he's not completely vaporized. Jim, don't ever make, like, even a short movie. <laughs> <laughs> New on YouTube. Like, <laughs> It's the Predator versus Terminator. Wow, this is fantastic! I'm so I'm so happy to see this like knockdown, like 
lasers, blasting machine guns. <laughs> no, nope. just press the nuke button. And it's just <laughs> it's just the Terminator sitting down, and then the Predator coming up behind him, going. Zoop, zoop. Yep, <laughs> exactly. And then mushroom cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching our five second video. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, this 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 one's tough for me because the Terminator is super durable. Yes. Uh, um, and you know, the Predator obviously has a lot of lasers and strength and agility and everything mm -hmm. else. It would actually be a really cool movie to watch. It, it would be a fun fight to watch, but I do believe that, uh, if I'm being honest and not just playing devil's advocate, that the Terminator has the advantage because the the Predator is vulnerable to physical harm, whereas the Terminator can recover. And, and it would also be interesting because they both have, like, different sight, right? Right. That, you know, they, they both have, like, hyper sight. So, like, the Terminator... Well, that's, would, that's what would be interesting because... The Predator probably, maybe, right? Well, because uh, the, the Terminator's technically cold, so would the Predator be able to see it? Right. That's a, that's a good question. Yeah. But, but hang on, hang on. But the Predator does have a layer of skin which would have some heat. Plus, it's a machine, so there's heat coming from it. Is Whether it would recognize... Well, maybe, maybe from its core or its battery. It probably wouldn't know what it was looking at, but it would understand that there's something oh, there. Holy shit. Okay, so I... So, write this down, Jim. Okay. So, so we have an alternate universe. Okay. It's the 1980s. <laughs> the best decade ever. Um, Robocop has just been developed. Okay. Robocop is actually John Connor. Hmm. The Terminator gets sent back to kill John Connor. Who's Robocop? Okay. But the Predator's also there looking for like the toughest, you know, fight that he can get. Right. So it's actually the Predator versus Robocop versus the Terminator. Right is it though? Right is, it, is it is it though? Because wouldn't I would think that Robocop would team up with the Predator to take down the Terminator. No, no, no. The Predator is breaking the law by doing all the violence that is. Because done. the friend of my friend, the the enemy of my no. enemy is my friend, right? No, no. No, this is a three-way slugfest. I don't know. Every time I've ever seen a three-way fight, it turns into a porno. Most so I don't know people, how I feel about this. Most people don't watch the, the media that you do, James. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> the Predator. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So th this is going to be a fan favorite for you, Jim. And okay. I, I don't know how you will pick one from the other. Because oh, they're both firm favorites of yours. Both like top of your list. Ten out of ten. Okay. So we have Jaws. Okay. Versus the shark from the last shark. Oh, that's easy. Jaws wins every time. But you watched the last shark, too. I did, and I also realized that that last shark is paper mache. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so we have uh, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Okay. <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> oh my god, I can't even say this with a straight face. Which one? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, I'd have to go with King Kong. I he'd King probably he'd probably just wind up eating the marshmallow. Jim, Jim, Jim. I said King Kong, not King Dong. <laughs> I, I know oh you watch different media from the rest of us. So I just wanted to. Be <laughs> it's the it, it's it's the large large um, ape one. Yeah, yeah. Large, large whatever one you're thinking about. <laughs> I have to go with King Kong because I have a feeling. Stay puffed. I think he would just eat the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving swiftly along. I think I've seen that porn too. <laughs> Here- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, uh, Jesus. Uh, Jesus Christ. Okay, go up, moving on. <laughs> okay, here's one that actually um, has a bit of a doppelganger. Oh, Jesus. In the Friday the 13th series. Okay. So we're doing um, Carrie versus Michael Myers. I'd be much more interested to see Carrie versus Tina from Friday 7. But the, so, so that, that, that was kind of the, the same idea, right? The, yeah. the yeah. telekinetic versus the unstoppable killing machine. Slasher. But we have Carrie versus Michael Myers. Well, so here's the thing. Carrie's not impervious to her own power. So she would destroy herself to kill Michael. What is it with you and people destroying themselves? Well, what did she do at the end of the movie? She buried her mother and herself in their house. I'm just saying maybe you need to seek some sort of, uh, you know, (laughs) mental guidance. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) it's it's fine, Jim. There's lots of people out there to help. (laughs) I'm just, okay, okay. so I'm going to make a rule from now on, which I realize they should have made at the start. Nobody can just self-implode like or kill themselves <laughs> to win a victory. There is no kamikaze in this fight, is what you're telling me? Okay. okay. So, I would have to... Well, that's easy, because it would have to be Carrie, because Jason would have to make physical oh, contact. Michael Myers. Oh, Michael Myers, sorry, Michael Myers. Michael Myers would have to make physical contact with Carrie to do any harm. Carrie doesn't have to make physical contact. So so why didn't it work in um, Friday the 13th, Part 7? Because it wasn't in the script. <laughs> because they had her running around like a scared little girl through 90% of the movie. She didn't get any balls till the last 10 minutes. So do you know, like, uh, I don't know if you... Did you ever play, like, Mortal Kombat? Yeah. You know how they have fatalities and stuff? Yep. I, I wish for this one, it's not a fatality at the end, or a brutality, or an animality. It's the friendship one. Where Carrie <laughs> just rescues Michael Myers from every single micro- Michael Myers movies after the second one. <laughs> Just lifts him out of that world and just says, "You just go on and you go rest, it. young one. You you've been through enough." Um, for this one, I I mean, so so Carrie's a weird one, right? Because yeah. it's not like she is fully in co- in control of her powers. It's like a rage thing, right? Uh, Michael Myers could do his 
uh, finger at the, <laughs> finger up the butt. Thing. I mean, I was like, <laughs> in uh, Halloween too. I'm just thinking right. about her to stab her, and she's dead. Um, I mean, very difficult for her to kill Michael Myers. You're, you're she... basing you're basing a lot of that off of you know '80s movies where that sort of stuff happened. Most people in where they know that, yeah, the finger up the butt. Well, I, um, I'm just trying to relate to your media. Right. So uh, you're assuming that she would not be hyper vigilant, knowing she's being hunted if they are in a, a true battle, which I 100% disagree because I think she would have she would have been more in tune with her surroundings, so she would know he there's somebody sneaking up behind me. So not everybody sits on the couch and just goes. Oh, I don't hear somebody coming okay. in my door. So, so, so here's a scenario for you, right? Mm-hmm. Carrie is in the locker room. Okay. She's having her first period. She doesn't plug it up. Plug it up. And then all the girls are like laughing around her. Mm-hmm. Michael comes in and kills all the other girls, and then just stabs her in the face. Dude, by the time he got through with all the other girls, she would have gotten up and run. No, so that's she, not. That's not even. That's not even a plausible theory. Not even plausible. To run. She's in like. He's got a lot of bitches to get through in that scene before he gets anywhere near her. Um, Jim, would you not use the B word, please? We're a family friendly. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, in that scene, they were bitches. They were. That's what they were. Do- they were being bitches. They, they they were going through a rough patch in their lives, Jim. <laughs> they have not reformed. Um, okay, <laughs> so next up, uh, <laughs> a meme-worthy thing that we've seen a million times: uh, John Kramer Jigsaw, yeah, versus Kevin McAllister. Kevin Hull. McAllister wasn't a villain. No, so I, I, so no. I object to this matchup. Oh bullshit! They're not all villains. I already mentioned Ash a while ago. Ash could have been a villain because he was an asshole. Bullshit, he's not a villain. Okay, Jim, he, just answer the question. Who would win? Jigsaw. He would out-trap Kevin McAllister? Yeah, he would out-trap a 10-year-old kid, yes. Did you see the thing about, um, is Jigsaw Kevin McAllister growing up? I did. <laughs> okay, I Megan did. versus Sadako. I hate you for this. Well, you hate me for a lot of things. Well, I mean, I, I just add this one to the list. I I don't see how Sadako could influence her at all. She'd have to scare her to death, and that doesn't happen with a robot. I I, I would like to hear that phone call. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to die in seven days. Maybe you will. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wouldn't threaten me if I were you. Yeah, so that was just a silly. <laughs> like, <laughs> these are just fucking silly. Um, the like, <laughs> kind of robot died. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's a question about AI, right? That that's a deeper question, Jim. That is a deeper question. I know you're a big fan of Black Mirror. The, I, actually, I really was. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the monster from the relic versus the monster from the ritual. 
I have to go with the monster from the relic because I think he would rip off that human face. So, but so the the monster from the relic is very much a non mythological, right? It it's rooted in fact, yes. type monster, whereas the other one has more mythological powers. Kinda. I mean, he did physically kill people. Or right, it. but but it's more like an it's it's more like not I would say godlike, but it's more in that realm of not just a physical being. Right. There's something else going on. Right. I don't disagree. Um, I would like to see that fight. I think it would be pretty cool because. Uh, the monster from the relic is very agile and just running around the trees and stuff. Yep. And like, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I don't know who. As <laughs> 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 we go along, I just don't even want to pick because um, there's so many interesting ideas around it. Um, right. About what could be, and some of these aren't very clearly defined in the movies. That right powers they have. So, so, so this is one I think you've seen. One of these movies, hopefully. Okay. So the Graboids. Yep. Tremors. Yep. Versus the monster from Blood Beach. I've seen both of these movies. Um, Blood Beach was one of my mother's favorites when I was a kid. Um, mm. They're very similar, too. Yeah, both subterranean terrors, Jimmy. Yeah. Huh. I would have to say I would probably go with the Graboids because of the volume. There there are more of them to attack they're, they're one. They're louder, Jim? No, not, not that kind of volume, sir. <laughs> um, because there's more of them. Yes, more of them. So here's my counterpoint. Um, do you remember what happened at the end of Blood Beach? It took off, didn't it? No, they blew it up. They blew it up. Okay. I, I knew. Okay. Yeah, you're right. They blew it up. But the stinger at the end of that was that there was lots and lots and lots of little tiny Blood Beach monsters that came from them. Right. So, you could say that there could be more yeah, of those versus more of the graboids. Is that? I, I don't think so. I think the graboids have been here longer, so there's more of a a more uh, assorted variety. Okay, so I, I'm going to have to ask you to uh, show me your evidence that the graboids have been here before the monster in Blood Beach. Well, the monster from Blood Beach didn't show up till the 80s. Those giant subterranean worms had to have been here longer than that. Had to have been. What, what do you mean didn't show up until the 80s? What are you talking about? The movie... Well, did, was, anybody, did anybody hear about him oh, before wait, the movie? <laughs> so they're just better hunters because nobody discovered them. I disagree. I think they were much worse hunters. Because the minute they started attacking people and people were dying on the beach... They closed the beach. And only the morons that still went on a closed beach 
died. Right, right, but that but that monster didn't just suddenly come alive in the 1980s. It must have been around for much longer, right? Well, I don't know. Audrey too showed up during an eclipse. So what? How, how do we know this one didn't do the same? So you're saying that um, it's like some sort of alien? Yeah, that just landed there in the 80s. Yes. Can can you show me the evidence in the movie, please? I could, but my my hard drive was hacked. I I think you're just making shit up, Magic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Next up, we have a couple of uh, nocturnal um creatures. We have the um, crawlers. I think they're called uh, from the descent. Okay. Versus the vampires from Thirty Days of Night. Oh, that's a good one. Well, they're all that... good. I came up with them. No, 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 no. They're not. Um. Hmm. Whoops. Hmm. That's a good one. I. I don't know because I don't. The crawlers had better stealth, but the vampires were like I, I want to say they were stronger, so like they would be more physically. I think, I think this one's fairly straightforward, actually. Even though I really? like the matchup, yeah. Because how do you kill a vampire? Sunlight. No. What other methods do you beheading? Use? Right, stake through the chest. Yeah, etc. I think the the crawlers from the descent are easier to kill than the vampires. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, and the vampires are smarter. Are they though? Yes. Hmm. I'd have to say on this one. I'd have to say on this one. I'm stumped. The the crawlers are. Semi-intelligent animals, right? Whereas the vampires are like human, at least levels of intelligence. I mean, I guess that's fair. Okay, and um, uh, <laughs> for my final thing. <laughs> oh, thank God! Go ahead. I'm, I'm by far the most random. <laughs> so we have Dracula, mm. another vampire. Yeah. Against uh, the uh, creature in Nope. What? Who would win? I got nothing on this one. So this I can't is, think. I can't think of one redeeming quality of this matchup. So, so this is one where I think you would have to picture, picture if you will. It's night, right? So Dracula's yep. walking around. He looks up into the sky. The uh, creature from Nope is just hovering around. It sees Dracula looking up. Right. So it sucks Dracula into its like trachea. Right. Can Dracula drain enough or kill it from that position? 
Who knows? Do you know? I don't know about the circulatory system of that the big vulva. Could, could, could have, so it really comes down to could a vampire live, survive, and enjoy the blood from an alien creature? Can I don't you, know. Can you give me some definitive um, evidence one way or the other? Well, if we go to Plan 9 from Outer Space, we see that the vampire isn't she an alien? Vampira. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. You so can- I, I, I hearken back to where the, my, my favorite book series where Dracula, um, it's called uh, the Necroscope series, right? Where vampires, including Dracula, were actually parasites that came from a parallel dimension. So I think if I think it's possible that they could survive on alien blood. Or here's a more horrible thought. Okay. Dracula can't be killed, right, by right. being digested. Right. He can have all the internal uh, you know, acid poured over him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he can't kill the creature either because he's just not strong enough and draining whatever out of it is just too big. So okay. Dracula now just lives in the stomach right. of the nope creature for you know, forever, Ever. how long that that lives. Hmm. That, this one is a draw. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see an easy way out of this. Okay. Did, did you like that? <laughs> I did. I did. I thought that was fun. It, it was very rare. Yep, it was. But not unenjoyable. So, I guess we're on to what we've watched, right? Correct. Okay. You want to go first? You want me to go first? For once, for once on this podcast, you're right. <laughs> for once. <laughs> So, uh, you want to go first? You want me to go first? What do you want? Um, I have a bunch of stuff which you may have opinions on. So, okay. I probably so, haven't read what you've read. So, probably not. So, I have three audiobooks that I've listened to in the past week, two weeks, whatever. So, actually, well, I finished one that I already talked about Blitz by Dan O'Malley, Daniel O'Malley. Fantastic book. It takes place over two different timelines one is during World War II. And one is in present day. It's essentially a mystery, a murder mystery type book. Um, but all of the central characters have supernatural powers. Um, it It's the third book in the series and it's just fantastic. Like it's funny. It's got heart. It's got people, you you know, characters you actually care about. It, it couldn't have been a better uh, entry into this series. Um, then I got, hold on a second. Let me pull it up. I got an, um, a copy of a book from a Facebook group by an author named C.B. Jones. And he gave me, he gave me a co- an audible cop, uh, coupon code for an, in exchange for an honest review of this book. So I wanted to talk about this book. It's called The Rules of the Road. So should we talk a little bit about getting free stuff for reviews? Sure. What do you want to talk about? Uh, what, what do you think about that in a kind of... Uh, not moral sense, but do you think that people perhaps do that to just get reviews, whether they're good or bad? Or- I 
it's kind of like, hey, it's free, wink. So I good review, even if it's not that great. I have never been asked to leave a positive review, and some of what I've been I've read as part of that group has not been great. I always leave an honest review. I don't blow smoke because you know me; I don't like being dishonest. Well, you don't like a, a lot of stuff, so I don't know why. This I know, is right? <laughs> like so, they, should just, <laughs> they should just listen to this podcast and be like. Oh my god, I'm not sending any shit to that guy. He'll just even if he loves it, he'll give it a three out of ten. Right. So this book is it's a it's a collection of short stories. Um I don't remember the total count. Um I wanna say it's somewhere between twelve and thirteen twelve and fourteen, if I'm not mistaken. And it essentially builds it's about this guy that uh hears a he hears a broadcast while he's driving. And the broadcast is essentially talking directly to him. If you ever see this situation or you see this happen, this is what you have to do or something drastic will happen. So the main character hears it. He follows the advice. But then he becomes obsessed with finding other people that have encountered this because he wants to know what the purpose of it is. Okay? So the, the, most of the rest of the book is him listening to other people recount their stories. It so it it almost sounds like the setup ish to a certain degree yeah. for close encounters of third kind. It kind of I, I can see that parallel. I thought of it more as um, like an amazing stories type of thing, where it's just independent stories that have one common uh, connector between them. I know amazing it's stories they didn't have a common connector, but what? One common denominator? Is that what you meant? No, this is a... Well, I mean, it's not really a denominator because... Well, I guess, yeah, it is because they all hear this... <laughs> hear this. Whatever, dude. <laughs> shut up. I'm just being a dick. I know. You are. But you're so good at it. Yeah. Um, uh, years of practice. <laughs> right? <laughs> a lot of years. I know how old you are. Anyway. If you had feelings, I'd be worried. But anyway. So, I really liked this book. I thought it was, I mean, I'm not going to say all of the stories were great, but I was, I was, there's one story about, um, so it sort of gives you like these urban legends, like uh, the one that I liked, I think it was called, oh crap, I got to get the name of this, this story again, because I lost my note. Hang on. That's a weird title for a story. Hold on. <laughs> I'm holding. Hey. Let's see. I want to see if this shows me that I need. I just need to see a list of the actual tales, if I can. Hang on. Sounds like you're a furry. A furry? You're waiting for a list of the tales. Ha ha ha. I'm just playing into your media. I do not like the furry's ass. Well, what part do you like? I'm not even. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> Neither am I, Jim. So, so this story, and I, I, for whatever reason, I can't remember the name of it. I was looking at it, and um, I was trying to look it up. I think it's called Alone, and I could be wrong, but. 
it's about this this girl who is given the instructions when she hears this this uh, broadcast. Where if you go to a gas station and they have keychains with names on it, you have to look for your name. If they don't have it, nothing happens. If they do have it, you have to buy it, lest you forget. So she's there with a friend who is a fair weather friend. You know, she she gets the feeling she's being used in this relationship. So they pick up the two keychains with both girls' names on it, but one of them gets left behind on the counter. And slowly, this, this girl is telling the tale of her friend losing her mind. She can't remember her name. Her parents start to forget her name. She has to be taken care of. She's practically an invalid. And that's all I'm going to say. Because... So it's a, an analog of um, mental deterioration when you get older. A, well, but she's not getting older. This is... No, this I, is that's what an analog means, Jim. What? I'm, I'm sorry. It's, I'm, it's not, it's not perhaps I'm... It's not literally her getting older. It's just a representation of what happens when you get older for some people and they lose their mind. That's that probably is a fair analogy, yeah. That's, well, I just made that up. That's good. <laughs> but anyway, that, that was probably my favorite story in this entire series, in, in the entire book. But all of them were engaging. Um, a few of them I wished were longer, but that didn't detract from the fact that I still enjoyed them. So I, I did want to make sure that I talked about that. The other two books that I listened to this week, I have gone back to my post-apocalyptic reading, and I got back into the Helldiver series by Nicholas Sansbury Smith. Okay. Can we... <laughs> I know you you hate no, 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 no. like post apocalyptic is yes is a kind of a funny term right because well for you no no I mean shouldn't there shouldn't be anybody alive right like that's true it should be like post near apocalyptic okay post near apocalyptic okay yeah. I, I mean just, if, if being, you want to argue semantics I'm just being pedantic. Yes, you are being pedantic. So, Helldivers, so, yes, I had that saved a long time ago on my Audible list, which I really have to get back to because there's a, there's a new uh book out. There is, you're right. On Audible. Um, it, you know what it is, Jim? I, I, hmm. I, and I'll let you finish. But um, Thank you, Kanye. <laughs> Um, okay. yeah, I got uh, you with that one, didn't I? <laughs> um, like, I I had an iPod Classic, and before that, I had a Zoom, and that's how I listened to podcasts and to audiobooks. And all okay. My, I cannot believe you're admitting to owning a Zoom, but go ahead. I, I loved my Zoom. I thought okay. it was way better than the iPod. Loved it, okay. loved it, loved it, loved it. I know it was a huge brick, but it was so much better. Um, but they they did away with the classic, and now it's just like the iPod Mini and stuff. And it's right. so just like annoying to try and figure out, especially plugging into the car, 
trying okay. to, you have to go through different menus and, da, 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 and it's just fucking annoying. Why don't you just download the app on your phone? Because I don't listen to shit through my phone on in the car. You don't connect your phone to your car? My phone's connected. So then why wouldn't you just use an app on your phone since it's already connected? Because that's annoying. I want something separate from my phone that can do the same job that my Zoom did. Why? 15 years ago, because that was much easier. Why? Because it's less button pressing and less... Why, why is having a second device less complicated than just using one? Uh, because one is meant for one specific job and the other is meant for... Is it because jobs. you're a whiny baby? It might be. <laughs> but no, like, it's just like, you have to go through different menus and it's fucking annoying. It's just annoying. Anyway. I'll say so. So anyway, it is. I, it is. I started Helldivers Hell 9. It is. I was a book behind. It the new the newest um, book in the series is Helldivers Ten. Is I'll yes. shut up now. <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for you to finish. <laughs> it is okay. <laughs> it is <coughs> go on. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I did finish Helldivers Nine, and if uh, since you know our podcast is so widespread, if Nicholas Sandberry Smith is listening, I hate you for what you did at the end of Helldivers Nine because I had to immediately go buy Helldivers Ten. Well, why would you hate him for doing a because cliffhanger? There is no. It, is that it, not something to be commanded? It was not a cliffhanger. There is a character that is very prevalent in Helldivers Nine that I hate so much. I have to hear him die. That's not very nice, Jim. I know. And you know what this character's name is? Let live. Not this guy. Mm mm. He nuked an entire fleet of vehicles so that he could take over and take control and institute, quote-unquote, peace. Then he went and nuked an outpost for that same civilization and stole all of the seeds that they had gathered to bring back to save everybody from starving. Well, that's a, he sounds like a go-getter to me. His, you want to know what his name was? The character's name? Do you want to know? Is it Jim? It's Charmer. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. charming. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I rushed right out and bought Helldivers 10. And I, I have never been that upset about a fictional character in my life. You have no idea. I was, I was so enraged about him. And given my mindset the last two weeks, it just fed it. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I got to hear this guy die. I got to hear him die. And now they're at war. So in Helldivers 10. So... If I don't get a satisfaction, I am going to write the most, the nastiest email. Well, I really won't, but, you know, I'll feel it. Okay, Karen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's... But, that's... Oh, anyway, sorry, not not to poke more fun than I need to with you. <laughs> but, I mean, I think it's a sign of good writing when you can... It is. A character that you really love or hate or have some sort of emotion around. Oh, yeah, I 100% agree. He's great at that. He's great at getting you to connect with his characters. He is fantastic. It's and just, it makes me sick. It's the same way that both of our listeners can connect to my character. Your character? This, you know, this, this is just this, who you are. It's a roller coaster of 
laughing and then oh you know i give an opinion and it's not that great and they're like oh no it's so sad you know your mom and the other person is wonderful my niece my niece your niece yes well we can't forget sarah sarah and debbie listen to so does my sister oh yes we, we have some guests that we have lined up by the way we do mm-hmm Oh, like who? I know Lucy. Who else? You and Sarah uh, doing their um, true crime podcast. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I did hear. I did see about that. I didn't know that we had made that official yet. Yeah, no, no. I just invited them on and said yes. So that's yep. official to me. Well, no, no. I mean, as official as in a date. Oh, no, no. Just, just like in the future. And then um, another one are mine, I think your Facebook friend who malform malcontent. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we're Facebook friends or not. I'm, I know we're in a lot of the same groups and we, we, you know, interact online, but I don't know if we're technically, I don't know if we're actually. If she wanted to come on because she's got a good, um, wide breadth of horror knowledge. So, yeah. So, so, so we have guests, uh, that will be appearing in the future. Yes. Yes, we do. Mark, do you want to talk about your what you've watched? So I will talk about stuff, and I will go from um, ones which you're probably least interested in. Which is pretty much anything you watch? You're most interested in, but I think most of them you're probably interested in. Okay. okay. So I did a rewatch of um, one of my favorite authors' only movie. Um, I think we've talked about this before. Which is the 1978 Tony Curtis vehicle, the Manitou. Oh God, I loved that book by Green Masterton. I loved that book. This is uh, such a fantastic, cheesy uh, kind of Exorcist, Rosemary's yep. Baby, uh, fun, and this was his first novel. Yeah, um, movie. Directed by William Girder, who or Girdler, who who did uh, like Grizzly and things like that. Unfortunately, he okay. died, like right after he finished making this in a helicopter right. accident. Oh wow! I did not know that. Uh, scouting for another movie, uh, but this is so much fun. It, it's like cheese, fantastic fun. Yep. Super watchable. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Crazy ending. Um. Wonderful stuff. Yep, uh, agreed. On, it's on Shutter now. If you like okay. sort of stuff, check it out. Um, yeah, I like I said, I've read the book. I don't think I've seen the movie. Yeah, check out the book. Oh, you haven't seen the movie? No, I don't think I have. I, I know I've seen the. I know I've read the book. I don't think I've seen the movie. I can't remember if I have or not. If I did, it was once a long time ago. Right. Yeah, it's on Shutter now. Check it out. It's it's just so much fun. It's just okay. So much fun. Um. So, can we talk a little bit about Elijah Wood? Sure. What do you want to say about Elijah Wood? So, Elijah Wood, I think, is pretty much like a, a semi-horror um, cult classic fanboy person that I love to see in basically any movie, mm-hmm. because I think he's a great actor. But right. he's a huge horror nerd. Is he? Huge Horror nerd, yes. Okay. So, um, 
I watched the nineteen or sorry, the twenty fourteen uh movie uh Cooties. I don't think I've seen that one yet. Um so this also um stars what's his name from the office? Rain uh, Wilson? Rain Wilson, correct. And it was written by Lee Winnell. Okay. Um, who obviously did Saw and all those insidious stuff and right. the games one, right? And this is a real fun horror comedy about um, Elijah Woods, uh, who is pretty much a loser <laughs> living okay. experience, but he uh, you know, pretends to be a big shot author. Uh, okay. He goes to a school as a substitute teacher. Oh. And there is infected chicken nuggets, oh. which some of the kids eat. Okay. Turn them into basically zombies. Okay. Uh, but this is a real fun, fun movie. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I really recommend it. Okay. A three and a half out of five. It's not the best movie you'll ever see, but it is really worth your time. Okay. Next up, uh, we have the sh- Sasha Baron Cohen vehicle, which I've never seen before. Um, the 2016 movie, I think it's known by either the Brothers Grimsby or just Grimsby. Okay, I haven't seen that one. What do you know about Grimsby, Jim? Nothing. What is Grimsby? No idea. Grimsby is a town in England or a city in England. Okay. So this, this this is like a um, uh, kind of James Bond knockoff with Anne Strong, uh, Mark Strong in it. Sorry, um, where Mark Strong is uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's brother, and they were separated at a young age. And Sasha Baron Cohen has become kind of <laughs> football hooligan. Okay. Guy. And uh, Mark Strong is this James Bond sort of guy, and they haven't seen, themselves, uh, seen each other for like 30 years, or whatever. Okay. Um, I kind of feel with Cohen, I, I prefer his like Borat, um, Ali G messing with the public okay. persona more than um, his scripted stuff. Now, that's not to say it's not funny or it's a good movie. Right. Um, and it definitely <laughs> pushes the envelope as far as kind of that gross-out humor. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was decent. Um, again, from 2016. Okay. Okay. So, okay, so I have three left. Let's see which would be most interesting to you. Okay, so I watched Fear No Evil. Did I mention this before? I don't think so. Okay, so this is from 1981, I believe. Okay. It's very much, uh, you know, I I don't want to say like Nightmare on Elm Street 2, but it's kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street 2 mixed with like the Omen. Okay. Um, And it's, it's, it's kind of a gothic thriller and Apparently a really low budget, but it doesn't show on screen. Like it okay. looks really good. It's got a really awesome like punk soundtrack and not like punk like oh I've never heard this song before, but it's got like the sex pistols and da 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 in it. 
Okay. Uh, for a low budget at that time. But there is definitely, and it's not subtext, a gay okay. thing going through it. Okay. Um, it's basically, uh, it starts off with a priest killing a person. That person is the Antichrist. Okay. But his spirit goes into like a baby. Oh, okay. But uh, it's um, it kind of shows the guy growing up, kind of like the Omen. If you if you took all the Omen movies and like shrunk it into one, right? You know, like from young and then middle age, but most of it's high school. Okay. And he's just kind of the weirdo, and he's got that struggling with. There's something wrong with me, and I can't fit in. Okay. But there's definite homosexual, like, you have to think this is the early 80s, overt things going on in this movie. Okay. Um, I mean, there's a similar, you, you look at Carrie in that shower scene, there's a similar version here. Right. But it's guys. Okay. And, you know, wangs out and everything. Huh. I don't care. <laughs> you know, some people, <laughs> honestly, some people are like so like uptight about that shit. I don't care. Like when we get naked on the screen, they go, yeah, whatever. But there's there's a part where he's being bullied, and the, and the bully kisses like in the shower is like kissing him, but it's like, hey, you know, as a domination thing. Oh, ha, kissing him. But um, okay. then huh. it goes on where he's, you can really tell like he's conflicted with girls and guys and he's a real like weird character in it um, right I, although it's not that long it feels longer than it should be but it's, okay but it's still interesting all the way through and i like it because it's so weird and quirky and there's like a lot a lot of different things going on and that's actually i, I looked it up on imdb while you were talking about it uh -huh. and and it does say holy crap you have to see this mess I, I don't know if I'd call it a mess. Uh, well, I mean, I, I didn't read the whole thing, but I thought it was, a, it, it sounded pretty funny. There's a, there, um, it's, it's not like it's campy, like it's like so stupid. It's well done. It's well made. It's well shot. It's got a good, like, orchestral score to it, too. Right. Um, but there's just something a little off with it. Um, but I highly recommend like a one-time watch. I, I think okay. you know it's probably um, a lot of people's one of you know, cult favorite movies, right? I see why there's a lot of elements like, and certainly towards the third act, there's like some real interesting stuff going on in it. There's uh, I, I don't want to spoil. But um, yeah, I mean, I really recommend. I really recommend this one too. It's on Shutter as well. Oh um, yeah, it, it showed on AMC Plus when I looked it up, so I figured it would be yeah. on Shutter. Um, yeah, definitely interesting. Okay, okay. You have to text text me that name so I don't forget. I'm not your bitch. I'm asking as a friend. Oh okay. <laughs> Um, okay, it, so the, the last two, I, I will leave probably the most contentious one to the end. Um, okay. So I watched, uh, I finally 
Run around watching Jordan Peele's 2019 movie, Us. I haven't seen it. So, you know, whenever I talked about uh, Nope, and yep. I said the first time that I watched it, I didn't like it. Yes. But I thought about it and I rewatched it and I really liked it. Mm hmm. This one, although there's a lot to like about it as far as technical mm -hmm. um, aspects and acting and cinematography and sound design. This one, again, was very one, uh, very much one about themes, mm -hmm. but the plot was so full of holes right. that I just, like, if I watch this again, it's not going to change my mind. Okay. I, I guarantee that. Nope was kind of up there with me and like, uh, I don't really... But then I watched it again, and I thought about, oh yeah, I really like this. I, I don't think the same will happen with this one. This one is even more, way more far-fetched than Nope. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it for you since you haven't seen it, if you're going to see it. I don't plan on it. So, spoiler warning for everyone. <clears throat> Just skip on by. Um, so it starts off with a girl that's with her parents on a beach, like, promenade. Right. She goes into this, like, hall of mirrors. She sees in a mirror basically herself, but with her back turned to her. And then... Have you ever, have you ever seen your double? It's fucking creepy. My double? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen Brad Pitt. <laughs> You're full of shit. So... I have a story about this, right? Before you get too far into this, my mother and I went, were down here on vacation when we still lived in Connecticut with our whole family. And we were in line to go see Captain EO at Epcot center. And I kid you not my, this kid that looked exactly like me was in the queue in, in, in the queue right next to me, like across from me, we were looking at each other in the face. It was the creepiest shit. Okay. My mother pointed him out to me. It was so weird. Anyway, go on. W was that the end of the story, Jim? Mm-hmm. That was that, the end of the story. That was an exciting story. Thank you for sharing. But it's just, it's the creep factor because it is, it's creepy as shit to be looking at somebody who's a mirror image of you. Well, what a... What if you're an identical twin of somebody you think you, that's weird? I would have thought it's weird, except I have my birth certificate that I got from the city where I was born. <laughs> so anyway, um, she goes into this um, like house of mirrors. She sees somebody that's basically her with her back turned to her, and then the person turns around, fade to black. And then we go to um, when she's older. Right. And she's got a family, and um, they go back to the same beach because the her husband wants to go there. And then all of a sudden, they're in a house, and uh, they see their doppelgangers, all of them. Okay. And it's like then a home invasion, kind of like funny games uh, type scenario. And her doppelganger is talking to her like, oh, like she's the only one that talks. And it's like they're, they're, he's trying to make a point about well, okay, I'll spoil it. So <laughs> apparently 
and this is what blows my mind. Like, this is too far. Um, there's an underground tunnel full of thousands or maybe millions of clones of people on the surface that perhaps the government at some point was trying to use to puppet the people on the top, but they gave up. And now they're getting loose and killing their people that look the same as them oh. on the top. But it's it's all about thematics, about, you know, upper class, lower class, and, you know, appreciate the things that you have, and there's homeless, and, you know, people don't see them and because they're underground. and But it just didn't work for me at all. Okay. Uh, the, the plot, the acting and everything else is fine. Uh, but, yeah, this, this was... Eh. All right, for one time watch, but I think it was overblown. And I'm, with the exception, I'm glad I didn't watch this before I watched Nope. Yeah, well, see, with the exception of Nope, I've not really been a fan of Jordan Peele. I did not like Get Out, and I did not like what he did with The Twilight Zone. So I've never really pursued any of his stuff. Yeah, I haven't seen The Twilight Zone. I thought Get Out was again a fairly straightforward reworking of Stafford yep. Wives, right? Uh, and Nope is kind of both a kind of like look at these different things that we're putting in front of you. Right. But mixed in with a, a fairly effective movie. Uh, yeah. On rewatch. But us, I, I mean, there's some, like, there's so many things like, like set on a beach and like her kid has uh, a Jaws t-shirt and there's definitely like Jaws shots around and People are wearing like black flag t-shirts and stuff, which I love. But there, like, there's elements I like, but like the overall plot, like I just, it's just too too far fetched, like too far fetched. Okay. So we'll so we'll go down to my final watch of this week. I watched the M Night Shyamalan movie. Mm-hmm. Can you guess what it is? He's got a new one out. Knock at the cabin. Correct. Yeah. Now you said you wouldn't watch this, correct? I I don't have any desire to see it because I did not enjoy the book. So this movie, um, again, I think technically, mm-hmm. is very well done. I don't doubt that because the the cast is solid, and I'm sure the writing is on point. Well, the writing, that, uh, that's one of the issues for me. Okay. Um, so again, and I think we've talked about this in the past. Okay, this, this is just one of these, uh, you know, the uh, diverting the train right. moral dilemmas, right? Yeah, right. Which, which everybody has heard of a hundred yep. times over. So I was hoping this movie would bring something new to that moral dilemma. You know, no, it doesn't. Would you kill a loved one to save ten people or whatever? Right, a hundred people, a thousand. Like how many people would it be worth? Right, but in this case, it's one person to save the entire world. Right, but again, that's just, it's it's the same. It's the same thing. Right, right. And we've seen this in movies before. Yep. Um, now, 
Um, one of the things about this movie, as you well know, we've got the two uh, protagonists who are gay men mm-hmm. with who have adopted a child. So let me ask you a question about this, because this is one of the things I really did enjoy about this book mm-hmm. was the relationship between those two, gen- the, the two main, ki- the two main guys is it was a just, it wasn't treated any differently than it would have been if there was a male and a female in that relationship. It was just, they were going about their lives, you know, do, making food, you know, taking care of each other, taking care of the daughter and, and dealing with the, the regular bullshit that every couple does. And I really appreciated the way Paul Tremblay treated the, those characters in the book. I have mixed feelings about it in the movie. Okay. In a way, I think the movie still normalized mm-hmm. um, the, the two gay uh, characters having an a adopted daughter. Okay. But they also made a point of them saying, well, you're only doing this because we're gay. I'm making a big deal about it. Right. Well, that, that was part of the book. Like they, they did, they did originally through part of it, think that it was a homophobic attack, but it it was also forced because one of the people who's the ginger Mm -hmm. from Harry Potter Yep, he attacked one of them. At one point, attacked one of them. Yeah. So it's almost like they try to normalize it by them just being a normal couple with a child. Right. Then try to raise, well, it's just a homophobic thing, and we're, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and, oh, this guy attacked me in the past. Mm -hmm. Like, it's almost like pick a lane. Right. Like, either it's important or it's not. Right. to me, and now, it's it would be more like just generally important mm-hmm. if you didn't make a big deal about it. Well, and what bothered me about that whole situation, like I I get that it was trying, it was supposed to be shocking or whatever, but the length of time those people were in the house and that guy, that character knew that that was the guy that attacked him, and yet he kept it from his family. In like the- why why would you make that a secret? In the movie, it's like he didn't recognize him for a while. Yeah. It didn't make a lot of sense. Right. Because it's not like it happened 30, you know, 15 years ago. This happened, what, I think it was a three-year span or something. But like I that. wonder what the point, like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it make more sense? Like, I, I don't know if they're trying to change the narrative to say... Well, this guy knows me, so we know they're talking shit, and it's this homophobic attack. But everybody else is just like, no, it, you know, we're not here for that at all, and we're right. very sorry. And you know, that that does come up several times in the book. But why not? I, to me, not being a gay person, it, I just feel it would have been more normal to not even make mm-hmm. it. A big issue. Yep. Um, but anyway, I don't disagree. But anyway, no. I mean, I I think the concept behind it doesn't make an awful lot of sense. I don't like kind of the. Uh, I just didn't like the story very much. I don't think there was 
a lot I agree. of interesting subtext or they've changed. It's just mm-hmm. the moral dilemma of mm-hmm. would you kill somebody to save a lot of people? Um, what I will say is the standout actor in this movie was Dave Batista. Really? Who was, I thought, absolutely captivating every time he was on screen or talking. And see, that that's one of the big problems I have. Like that the character in the book is supposed to be bookish. He's supposed to make friends with the little girl. I'm sorry, but if a five-year-old sees Dave Batista walking up to her in the middle of the woods, she's not going to immediately think, oh, he's my friend. Dave Batista in this portrays the character with such almost childlike naivety and niceness hmm. but he steals the show for that's me. interesting um I, mean, I know because you brought that up before he's like well in the book it's just a smaller guy and stuff but he like for you know coming from a, a wrestling background not an acting background right um I think he can be so effective, and especially in quiet roles. Yeah. Um, I think he's got a very... I mean, you see that in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's not really... He's not... Like um, it's, yeah, it's Drax, but I think he's yeah. very likable, and he can have a very soft-spoken... And that's that's face, surprising to me. Something about his face or something. You know, maybe, like, it's just... Like, you can just... He, he like... Uh, that was the one thing I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm totally on board with this character, and I, I feel sympathy with him. Right. I kind of believe him more than the other characters. Right. It, but, the that, over, but the overall thing is, basically, it's like, God's going to do like do an Armageddon on the Earth. Right. Unless you kill this person, so we all got visions, and we all came here, and so, you have to do it, and we have to convince you. I'm like, I... I, I you know, I don't believe in God, and I, you know, whatever. And I, I, you know, and and some of the things that they do, right? They're they're trying to convince him, but there's, you know, one of the two protagonists seems very convinced very quickly. Yep, and but, and that is what happens in the book too. But I guess like the ending of the book's ambiguous. Yep, one hundred percent. The movie is not ambiguous at all, and it's. Huh. I wondered what the twist was going to be. That was going to be my next question: is what what did he do to twist the movie? There's no twist. Really, it's just Armageddon. Yeah, hmm. it's just one of the, one of the characters is just like, okay, just kill me. Yep. And then the other one kills him, and then things are all better. Yeah, and that's not how the book ends at all. Not at all. So, um, what I would say about this movie, it's so unremarkable mm-hmm. in its writing, where you would think that setup would lead to something interesting, but it's just really, again, spoiler. Uh, a gay couple with a daughter. Right. Then four people come in, say, oh, one of you have to kill themselves, or one of you have to kill one of the other. Right. It, it, couldn't, be, it couldn't be a suicide. One of them had to kill the other. To stop the apocalypse. Um, and if you don't, every 10 hours or whatever it is, we're going to kill one of ourselves, or you know, we're going to kill one to, one to of stave people, it off. Yeah, to show you that it's real, and we're going to turn on the news. But they're turning on the news, and it's like, oh, there's like a pandemic going on. There's like, oh, like planes are crashing. It's like, well, that shit happens all the time. 
Oh, no, so in the book, it was a little more grand scale. So that's different. In in the in the well, movie, I mean, or in the wrap it up, but like there's planes falling out of the sky. It's like, oh, 300 planes have fallen out of the sky. We don't know why. Yeah, but then there's like a tsunami. I think in one, but it was those happen all the time too. They do. What what? So I will tell you this. I know Paul Tremblay has another book that you would enjoy greatly, because I know I know the kind of endings you like. Um. If you put it on your TBR, it's called Head Full of Ghosts. Okay. And I think I, I think we've talked about it before. But this, this, I, I mean, if this follows the book, you know, forget about the ending. Right. But if this is similar to his books, it's yep. so by well, the numbers and uninteresting um, as a story concept. That book, I. That book I agree with, but I did not find that with his other books. That's why I... Does, I, does, he, does he have gay characters in, those, in his books? Not in the other two books that I've read, no. That, I wonder why... Like, I'm just watching it. It's, it's almost like... But it's like... I don't un understand why it's a thing, right? If you're going to normalize something, normalize it. If you're going to right. try and make it as a point, make it as a point. So what the, what this, what this that story said to me, that, that part of that story, this is a, 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 cis, a cis white male trying to write from the point of view of a gay couple. He doesn't really have a deep understanding of it, and I could be way off base. I could be way off. I, I don't know. I don't know much about Paul Tremblay, but this this is how it comes across. It's a a heterosexual white male that is trying to write characters that live in a world different from his, but still show that he understands their world. And it doesn't come across like he does. Well, it comes across like he understands the stereotypes. And well, this is how it would be with a straight couple. We'll just make it two guys. But then he brings in all this other stuff that only affects gay gay characters. You know what I mean? It's and, it's, and again, you're you're more an authority on it than I. But I thought, for the most part, is that a gay joke? <laughs> I are you calling me homophobic? Not at all. <laughs> no, but as much as um, it's like, I, I kind of appreciated that it was just a normal family. Yeah, and I, I do agree with that point, but, but I but, I don't know that he they, understood it completely. But then they kind of threw in these, we have to make it obvious that they're different, and that's why they think. And I, I'm just thinking to myself, it would it be so much more interesting if they just didn't bring up any of that? Like, if they just had it, again, if it was a man and a woman and a child, like the Strangers or any other million right. movies that you've ever seen in your life, where it's just a family and it's a home invasion. Yep. It's it's not like anybody's... Maybe we could do a reverse one where it's a man and a woman and a child and, like, a whole bunch of gay people run in. As <laughs> because, no, because, because, because then they're... No, gay. never mind. Never mind. Never mind. If anybody would like us to start a political and religious podcast, um, let us know. And, uh, yeah. Because that's a lot of fun. 
Oh, I, I, I would get so heated. Well, that's what people want to. No, no, I would be so angry. Why, are you gay or something? You think? Oh, you are? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, uh, Mark out. <laughs> no, but... It, that's okay, I like talking to your wife more anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not that gay, then. All right. <laughs> um... No, but I'm totally fine to do something on the uh, side. Well, on that note, I think we're done. Yeah. Everybody, if you've hung out this long <laughs> and we haven't, you know, offended you, we will that, see you next time. Friends. Yep. Both my friends, they're gone. <laughs> Bye, both our <laughs> listeners. It was a good <laughs> time about last time. It was. <laughs> Bye. Okay, wait.